I am not Dusty. And I'm not Rusty. But this this is the Dusty and Rusty Show. Are you been having any fantasies about the dancing pigs again? Well, it's not, it's not a fantasy, see? It's just a recurring nightmare. Yeah, and, every, and I think, uh, every time I think we used to it, watch, watch Hee Haw, every time that uh, that dancing pig come across, and you'd get down there, and you'd cur- curl up in the fetal position. Well, yeah. So be, I think that if I could get a real pig to wear a tutu and dance a ballerina dance, that I could get over this, whatever it is, it, it's a fear of dancing pigs. I didn't want much people to know about it. Thanks for mentioning it here in front of God and everybody. Well, you've always mentioned my fear of trains. Well, of course, because it's so ridiculous. So if you hear choo-choo, train's going to get you. Yeah. <laughs> don't do that! Wait, well, you don't see me reacting like that when someone mentions dancing pig, do you? Dancing pig. Oh, see? Didn't dancing affect me. Pig. Dancing yeah, stop pig. Stop it, all right? Quit! <laughs> Turn your Dancing microphone pig. off, you know. Dancing pig. Not listening. Dancing pig. I'd whistle, but I can't. <laughs> Have <laughs> no piece of paper. Here. Okay. You got a pen over there, too? Yep. Something to write with? Right. The pen. Here. Yeah. How do you spell yeah. dancing? Uh, D-A-N-S-O-N. Okay. And pig. Here, read this. Ted Danson. No, no, you got me confused. Give me that back. Here. Okay. Pig. Oh, Ted Danson's pig. He got one? I guess. You wrote it down, not me. That could be a dude's headline. Well, which would be weirder, having the pig dancing or Ted Danson owning one? You put me in a quandary with that. I, in the laundry? What? In a quandary. Oh, a quandary. I learned that glad out to of see thesaurus. Yeah, I'm glad that you're... Uh, Getting a lot of use out of that thesaurus and coming up with new words and stuff. It's a constant amazement to me, I'll tell you. I still ain't found a way to work in anti-disestablishmentarianism into a conversation. Well, I mean, that's the whole conversation right there, that one word. Yeah, it's hard to say, too. Yeah, I'm not even going to try. Yeah, there, there's all kinds of letters in there. I bet you it uses every letter in the alphabet. Well, I don't think it uses a Z. It, it would be the plural kind. Anti-disestablishmentarianisms. Zums? Zums. But there's no Z. It's an S that sounds like a Z. ISM. Ism. Common use. <laughs> yeah, but, but if you've got more than one, what is it going to be? You could put a Z on there. Well, you could throw a Z on there. It would confuse most people. I mean, if you want to use every letter of the alphabet, just write, The quick brown fox jumps over the lazy dog. That has every single alphabet uh, Why thing in Why wouldn't I want to do that? You, know, you wouldn't do it. You'd just write it so that you could use every letter in the alphabet if that's what your goal is. How am I going to work that into conversation someplace? Oh, I mean, it's easier than trying to get that anti-dysentarian dysentery or whatever the heck you called it. You know, your social skills are kind of lacking. Why? I mean, if I, how, how could you possibly think that of me? 
because you were wanting to talk about the fox jumping over the dog. Well, that's much more interesting than anti-dysentery. Well, anti-dysentery is in the source, huh? Well, well, so is the the quick brown. All those words are in there. They're just in different places. So you got one that all in one place. Big deal. Oh, the conversation like ain't. Well, the conversation ain't got no place to go because you're you're in that one place with all them letters and it. If you want to start conversations like I do and get to meet a lot of people, then you need different words from different pages. Speaking of meeting people, you never guess who I run into the other day. Or he run well, into me. Oh, okay. I don't know who. Remember that Bubba feller we interviewed? Uh, oh, the silent guy? Yeah, the one that wouldn't talk. Yeah. He was doing, he was trapped in his box again. And I guess I walked into his box and he walked into me while he was trying to get out of his box. I didn't even know I was in the box. So did he finally get out? I just said, excuse me, and walked right around him. I guess just walked through the box again. I don't know why he can't do it. Huh. Well, that's another one of our pumpkin flat mysteries we'll have to solve one day when... There are so many, you know. At least three or four. Yeah, and that could be for later episodes of our podcast, I guess, huh? Yeah, we could do a whole podcast on uh, scary mysteries. I mean, Halloween's coming up. Yeah. Granny Bumpo, uh-huh. Yeah, we could get bring her in. We could certainly tell a lot of stories that have been made up about her. But, they ain't uh, made you know, up. They are, too, because I don't ask her about most of them. I've asked her about most of them, and she has a reasonable, act, a reasonable answer for all of them that most people just don't stop to think about. What about turning that one feller into a toad? She didn't turn him into a toad. Did there you? was a toad standing there. He was standing near the toad. Somebody yelled across the street, and when they yelled, he went up around the corner, and so it looked like their toad, he got changed into, but he didn't. He just, he was going on his way, and there happened to be a toad there where he was standing, and now everybody I, claims, boy. I was there. I was there. I seen okay. it. Okay. How come you didn't get turned into a toad then? Maybe she likes me that day. <laughs> That's a possibility. Yeah, you know. She only turns people into toads she don't like. Well, why didn't and she like this guy? I don't know. You know. Well, you were there. Here we go again. How can I report the news if you don't pay attention to the details? Well, you you know Todd Hooper. Uh-huh. It was him. Well, I just saw Todd the other day in the hardware store, so I don't think he's much of a toad. Well, he can't stay a toad. She unchanged him. She unchanged him? Yeah, she unhexed him. When did she do that? I don't know. Maybe he wouldn't well, know because she didn't like being a toad. Well, I imagine he probably hated being a toad, or probably, in reality, hated people saying that he was turned into a toad when he knew darn well he wasn't. I've seen it. I'm, I'm sure you did. But you must have been distracted by that person yelling across the street and you looked over at them and he had turned the corner before you turned back and you saw the toad. And that He was in a hurry that day because he was going to catch a flight out to visit his uh, third cousin out in California. So he couldn't, you know, that's why he wasn't around for three weeks after because he went on vacation in California. He went over to Carrot Ridge International? <laughs> yeah, and he caught a flight to Kansas City and then got on a real plane. Oh. 
Yeah, that old biplane that got stuck out there, that, that runs thing runs worse than your truck. Hey, you think that'll crash land into old man Pritchard's pond? Only if you're piloting. I don't know nothing about no flying. That's why you'd crash into the pond. That'd be news, wouldn't it? It would be. Well, you, don't... you know, we're, we're sorely in need of some news, so I think that's something you ought to perhaps go uh, look into, see if you could borrow their airplane. Hey everybody out there in podcast land, this here's Rusty. If you have burning questions and need a modern day oracle, you're in the right place because Dinky's Magic Spitball Machine will help you answer the questions like, should I eat the rest of that sandwich I left out overnight? And is it safe to swim in Old Man Pritchard's Pond? So if you got these burning questions that is really bugging you, I'll give you the link in the description. Now remember, this is for entertainment purposes only. I mean, come on, how's an app really going to know the answers to your questions? You're listening to the Dusty and Rusty Show, spreading kindness and love all over. Well, you know that thing don't go, get over six feet off the ground. Yeah. He, he got to stick to valleys on getting there, because if there's a hill, he can't get no higher. What's that pilot's name they got sitting out there, he just waiting for people to fly? I have no clue. Oh. I'm not even sure what you ask. <laughs> you know the pilot out there at Carrot Ridge International Airport? Yeah, George Freinhauer. Yeah, yeah, George. He just sits there and he just sits there and waits for people to come to have him fly him someplace. Well, yeah, that's how he makes some money. He also does some crop dusting. I think that's why he can't get more than six feet off the ground, is that crop dusting machine is pretty heavy. Yeah, well, plus that biplane, I think, come from the Wright Brothers. Well... That's a bit of history, then. Huh. Hey, 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 maybe we can hey. put, use that as a news item, that it's a hysterical landmark or something. It's a movable landmark. It's a flying landmark. Hey, yeah. Yeah, pumpkin flats. Uh, how about we have to give them an award of some kind? What kind of an award can we give them? Uh, most, most, uh, most flying, no, most hours no. flying in a junkie. No, no, no. Yeah. No. No, lowest flying pilot. Lowest flying pilot, yeah, that one will work. Yeah, because if it gets over six feet, I hear he gets nosebleeds. Oh, yeah. Well, no wonder he stays so low. But, you know, I remember one time uh, somebody told me that they were watching him when he got over to, like, Potato Gulch and then the next hill after that. Like you said, he can't fly any higher than six feet, so... He just kind of landed on the mountain and rolled over the top and then took off again on the other side. I can believe that. I wonder if he got the nosebleed rolling over. Because that's the highest hill around here, you well, know. Yeah, but apparently it's okay if he's on the ground. He doesn't get the nosebleed. But as soon as he gets up in the air past the six foot. Wait a minute, he's six foot two. I'm surprised he don't have nosebleeds all the time then. You know, that is another quandary you put me in. Yeah, it's a... As long as he stays 12 feet, then he should be okay, apparently, because if he goes six feet above his six foot two, then he'd be 12 foot two, and then he gets a nosebleed, I guess. Anyway, uh, I, I did hear he painted his airplane. He painted it? Yeah, he put teeth and eyeballs on the front. He said he'd seen a picture in World War II of a plane. They had that on it, and he liked it, so it kind of looked like a six-year-old kid drew it. But Well, but that's, that's good. At least, you know, he's, he's got a bit of uh, creativity that he could express in that way. Yeah, you, a, you ain't seen that uh, if somebody had the 
mouth with that thing on it, does on it, they could eat corn on the cob through picket fence. Huh? Is that another pappy saying? Because I didn't understand it either. Eating corn on the cob through a picket fence. Their teeth are so wide from each other. Uh-huh. Yeah. This, like I said, uh, remember that one color books the library had with that monster with the real wide teeth? Yeah. Yeah, Got that's why he used something. it. Yeah, that's, I think it was a dentist coloring book or something like that. And that's what it was. He copied that. Okay. So he, he could eat corn cob, corn on the cob through a picket fence. His teeth were so wide. Yeah. Oh, okay. So wouldn't he get caught up in the picket fence? No, because his teeth are so wide. He could use a picket well, fence as toothpicks. Yeah, now that I can see. But eating... Something on the other side of a picket fence, he have to stick all his teeth through the picket fence and line it just right. Right, but I mean, the teeth are not just floating in midair. He's got to hit his jawbone on it at some point. You trying to find fault with Pappy's sayings again, ain't you? I'm just trying to understand how that would work because otherwise it's just a fanciful tale, and that's fine. It can be that. But right now I'm struggling with the physics of the whole thing. And he had to stand for you, people like you. It says floating ideas can't be no good because they ain't got no helium in them. Well, neither does a picket fence. Don't get technical on me. I, I can't help it. I'm struggling to find the logical analysis of this horrendous example of Pappy's sayings where you got big teeth and they can fit through the slats in a picket fence, but there's no way you can, there's no way that I can, unless the teeth are all facing forward out of his mouth, and but even then I can't, I can't feature it, I can't picture it, I can't, it don't work for me. Okay, how does a shark bite a person's leg off? They don't have a picket fence in the way, that's for sure. That's beside the point, I ask you a question. Uh, well, they they just open their mouth and bite down. If the that's if the guy has to be that's all the fellers got to do. That's eating the corn on the cob through a picket fence. All he got to do is bite down. But if he bites down, he's gonna bite the picket fence. His teeth go around the pickets. I know, but then the places between his teeth are in his mouth, so he can't possibly bite the corn on the cob. Because of the picket fence he's stuck like in a, his teeth. He's like a snake. He got one of them uh, jaws that comes apart. Still, at some point, he's got to get through the picket fence. And, I mean, if his head was, like, really long and thin, he could stick his head through the fence and then open his jaws and then bite. But other than that, I don't see how it's even possible. You don't believe nothing Pappy said, do you? Uh, I believe there's some things that, that Pappy said that are probably quite accurate. Can't think of any off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, just like... A pink cat can't see a rainbow. Well, see, I, 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 I can't really formulate opinions on that because I've never seen a pink cat, and I don't know how pink cat's eyes work. It's a saying. I know it's a saying, but to decipher the saying, you got to have a pink cat and a rainbow. So? So if you got a pink cat and a rainbow, and the cat hides in the pink part of the rainbow, you're not going to see the cat. It don't matter if you see the cat or not. It can't see the rainbow. Well, then it's more than likely going to get caught up in a rainbow and disappear because it can't see it. You read that story again about that little girl in Kansas had the rainbow, didn't you? Uh, no. Uh-huh. Because that's what you talking about, somebody hiding in the rainbow. How do you know there ain't a bunch of pink cats hiding in rainbows that ready to attack you? Well, see, that's the whole thing. You just now, there's a news story worth repeating. Because we got to alert the public that they could get attacked by 
pink cats at any time when they see a rainbow. And boy, I'll tell you, there's a lot of people going to be disappointed in that. I'm Dusty. And I'm Rusty. And this, this has been the Dusty and Rusty Show. Rusty Show.